0: The student-run podcast from Columbia Business School's Entrepreneurs' Organization. We're talking with emerging student entrepreneurs currently pursuing their MBA while in the process of launching their new venture. I'm your host, Sho Fujiwara, a first-year MBA candidate here at Columbia. Today, we're talking with Hossein Azari, an executive MBA candidate and co-founder and chief data scientist at Clarity Money, a personal finance app that tracks and analyzes your finances to help you manage and save money. Hossein, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for being here. Um, To start off, can you tell us what Clarity is both in terms of the product and the company? So yes, Clarity is an app for managing your personal finances,
1: tracking your spending, more importantly, identifying where you can improve and save money and help to take action right there in the app. So here's an example uh, on how I think about it. Uh, an individual in this country works for thirty years, and if that individual kind of reduced and saved the consumption three percent a year, uh, that will come up to a full year of not needing to work so there is a a big payoff if uh, you could make this little change in your you know financial behavior uh, however, uh, all these doing this requires a lot of research studying pages of contracts if you want to like reduce your for example uh bills you want to like negotiate or like reduce your uh phone bill uh, uh and uh, so and this will consume a lot of time so people don't even want to think about it so what we do basically in the app is you can just link your accounts we will Find the recurring charges that you have that you can go and like cancel them by push over button we will find you a potential for negotiation of your bills, so you can go and just push over push a button and we will do it for you or switch a credit card, get better points on that card and this is all basically in the direction of uh, kind of getting to that big impact, which when you
0: think like in terms of thirty years that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is your role of chief data scientist to actually create the logic and the algorithms that then make these recommendations? Uh,
1: yes. At the core of kind of advocacy for consumer that we provide is a set of engines designed and built by our team, which mine data from consumers, spending patterns, and extract these nuggets of values uh, for consumers, such as, you know, what are your recurring charges, as I was talking about, What's the optimum credit card for your spending patterns? And in a nutshell, we have a data-driven approach uh, in every aspect of our app, from insights to customers to understanding, engagement, and performance.
0: And my role is to lead the data science discipline in the company. I see. So you like often act as the agent for your users, right? So like you're actually, you know, if, if it's a recurring bill, you're the one that actually helps to cancel those bills. How do you mitigate the risk of making the wrong recommendation? Um, that's, a, that's a great question. Uh, so there's so little done
1: in the consumer advocacy uh, that they are lower hanging fruits uh, to get to without really having a lot of risk. For example, uh, if you are paying f- for an exchange fee on a credit card, uh, this is a really like simple suggestion to like, hey, get this other credit card and you don't need to pay that fee. There mm-hmm. is not uh, basically there's not a risk there. It's just something that a uh, consumer does not have time or like every time you pay this for an exchange fee, you'll feel like bad for five minutes, but then something else will come up and you'll never make the switch. So by making the switch easy, we kind of uh, get to that three percent you know that a small amount but um, in the long run a big impact that we're talking about and that's possible with really not much of
0: risk but just being consumer's advocate right because I'm sure with a lot of those credit card deals and all that like a lot of the logic is based on just pretty simple math of like 3% is less than 5% and therefore you should take this other card Right, it's pretty simple mathematical logic I would assume yes for, for uh, for
1: some of them, it is this kind of rule based approach. Mm-hmm. I mean, the machine learning challenge there is we only see your former spending patterns, right? The fact that you have been traveling to Canada might not mean you're going to go to Canada like next year. Right. Like, so, and we, we do kind of uh, build m- predictive models there to uh, have a good uh, prediction power in these
0: cases. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Right, so you use the term machine learning, which right now is kind of a buzzword, uh, but I'm sure at Clarity right now it's not just a buzzword, it's you know very integral to your product. Can you talk a little bit about what machine learning allows you to do at Clarity? Uh, yeah, so um, before we dive into
1: details of how machine learning is being used to help consumer, let's just take a step back and look at the trend of financial technology. Uh, like Going back to 60s, 50s, 60s, The technology, communication technology, switching technology enabled us to have credit cards, basically to be able to check the credit worthiness of a consumer at point of sale. And like after that, you see the cheaper computation that banks had access in the 70s, 80s gives rise to like discount brokers like Schwab. Now they can provide services cheaper and more accessible. Uh, Later on, there's personal computers that really bring computation in front of consumer. And there's internet that they get mixed to kind of give rise to companies like E-Trade, Scottrade, that now they really give control to consumer. And they also provide cheaper financial services. So last 10 years, we have been uh, in what's kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, Mobile revolution mm-hmm. uh, so everything now comes to like through this computational power in your pocket everything comes much closer to the consumer. So the next step in this trend is really having computation so close to the consumer that now it is acting as an extension of the consumer uh, it enables consumer to uh, makes things easier for consumer to make to just make the decision and get things done, mm-hmm. and that is uh, that's basically where we differentiate from uh, 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 other products like Mint, which they came out of the mobile revolution. It's just uh, giving you a summary of your accounts and everything in your phone, which is very valuable. But the next step is uh, really this AI first. World to be infused in financial technology. Uh, for example, in order to understand what is better credit card choice for the consumer, uh, as we kind of discussed, we need to predict their future financial behavior, right? Mm-hmm. This entails fitting product predictive models to spending patterns and ultimately recommending the best car. So this is going beyond just providing you a list of a summary of uh, your accounts. Or another example is. Classification of transactions through a mix of natural language processing uh, and the data you get from uh, the you know users who like uh, kind of classify uh, transactions for you. Uh, that's kind of in our core because we need to know precisely what is the type of each transaction mm-hmm. if if we want to kind of provide suggestions based on it. Like this is food, this is travel, uh, and. Uh, just in a nutshell, machine learning and AI makes it possible for users to receive recommendations and take action inside the app, uh, which is what differentiates us from um, other personal financial management
0: apps. Yeah, that makes sense. So are the machine learning algorithms built such that when you have an influx of users, like as their user base grows, it gets better at actually classifying you know certain transactions or making certain recommendations uh,
1: yes so basically if you think about uh, for example let's just let me just give you an example uh, masterCard visa each of these uh, kind of credit card networks support uh, less than 10 million uh, merchants so and they are overlapping mm-hmm. so we can imagine they're like around that number merchants out there and as long as you identify those merchants and you know what are their types right this merchant is food it's a restaurant this merchant is like airline right Uh, then you have solved the big problem of knowing what consumers are spending on Uh, but this is a very limited space you can have like uh, you know, tens of millions of customers each of them is spending on a lot of things so there is a redundancy that comes into the picture just mm-hmm. because of the if you look high level limitation of the you know, financial structure and that helps us a lot right. basically that accumulation of data kind of <laughs> helps our predictive models with identifying uh, from starting uh, from classification to the really building predictive models
0: yeah, it like totally makes sense why a chief data scientist would also be a co-founder, because you must have so much data, and you have to build these pretty complex algorithms to classify so many different data points. It makes sense. Um, so you have both a master's degree and a PhD in computer science. Um, you also worked at Google and now you're the chief data scientist at Clarity. You've already achieved so much in your profession, and now you have this really exciting leadership position. Uh, Not to make this seem like an admissions interview, but what are you looking to gain from your experience at Columbia Business School? Uh, To step back a little bit, uh,
1: when I uh, applied for Columbia, uh, uh, I was at Google. And at the time, I was working with different teams, uh, kind of uh, doing research and understanding where we can improve and where we can have impact. Uh, What I noticed was, uh, as a technical person, uh, there was a lot of business overhead uh, as a matter of fact if you look at technology industry and technology companies they're twice uh, headcounts on sales and business side than the engineering side uh, so that was a motivation for me to if if I want to really uh, bring it like think technically and bring impact out there i needed to like understand this business overhead Uh, The second side for me was... I was in the... uh, Google is an advertisement company. uh, And I was working with advertisement uh, products. uh, And even though digital advertisement is really, you know, great business out there, but uh, this is not anymore, you know, 90s or like uh, early 2000s of digital advertisement. Mm -hmm. uh, There has been a lot happening. And what I was looking for was to find the next frontier that technology will crack. And being in the middle of, you know, world's financial center, um, I, I it was clear that, you know, New York is going to turn into center of financial technology. And uh, basically what I wanted to do to uh, be part of this project uh, New frontier, and that took me to really go after and like learning the financial side. And uh, if you are in New York and you're right next to Columbia, you shouldn't Mm -hmm. pass that opportunity uh, to do it. So um, that's basically what took me to apply. But after I started, uh, like early on, I I thought just to leave and do. Do it for real out there, right? Um, so, and in that move, uh, even in that move, there was a lot of, you know, inspiration. There was a lot of influence that I got from the community uh, that otherwise I don't think I would have. The I would have, you know, we, when you are working in a corporation and you are exposed, to like, you know, all the great things, like. Uh, around you, you don't really come out and see a bigger picture, or like get to talk to you know uh, people who have done it differently, mm-hmm. right? So and it has been really influential in uh, making the move and where where I am. And at this point, it's just really hard to you know separate these two, like uh, uh, what I learn at school and take it to work, what I see it work and take it to a school and it has been a great experiential learning Uh, so
0: yeah that's great so you're an executive MBA student which means that you work full-time at Clarity but you're also coming to school part-time on nights and weekends we're actually recording this podcast on Saturday morning Um, how are you balancing these two different priorities in your life Uh, well I mean to build on like the the,
1: my last answer uh, there there is a lot of Synergy that I, I I'm you know I really put myself in that direction as well to build between the school and work um, a lot of things you know a lot of things that you learn at school you know from the academic side uh, that gives you a different view of like the decisions you would make at work and uh, it it it's really like a unique experience and very powerful and I've been taking this course. Uh, marketing of financial services that sounds uh, very relevant uh, yeah and uh, we we have been going through through, like all these uh, other companies out there like how what are they like uh, messaging what is their marketing strategy and what they are doing wrong right (laughs) and one day I walk into the class and I see Mastercard CEO is like uh, they're like presenting it's just gives you a very different perspective on the you know low-level problems uh, as well as high-level thinking um, and uh, besides that it's just a, you know full week 6 a.m. Yeah. to 11 p.m. and weekends and uh, some, sometimes we have Saturdays off and I, I get bored like this is a long weekend my long weekends are two-day weekends not three days so
0: I guess you're a PhD too so I'm sure you're very very used to the idea of working all the time
1: uh, well, that's also right, yeah when you're PhD, you you don't have weekends as well, <laughs> yeah. but it's a little bit of different
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, sure. a more weekend. more intense um, do you have any advice for current students who you know might also be thinking about making the move from an established company to some more entrepreneurial ventures
1: uh well, i mean I wouldn't uh, re- really be in a position to advise entrepreneurs but Uh, I I can talk a little bit about my own experience Uh, I couldn't really say uh, I wanted to do it but I couldn't really say when it should happen when it's going to happen but what I could do was to put myself in the direction like applying to Colombia was a big one Mm -hmm. but even like the people you talk interactions like put myself in the direction that Gradually, it enabled me to think about it, to be able to build a, you know, relationships and uh, kind of the support that I needed to be able to make the move. Uh, the second thing is uh, more, what, what helps me a lot is thinking more about your career or your impact that you want to have in a bigger time horizon. you have 30 years at least uh, to make your impact. And your your work is not next year, and it's not next five years, uh, it is 30 years. And thinking with uh, with that time horizon, what we are doing at this stage is really like, uh, we, we are having a lot of impact. We are really uh, changing things at this stage as well, but a big part of it is learning. For what you're going to do in like 10 years and 20 years Mm -hmm. and 30 years and there are going to be moments that you know you're going to be down and this way of thinking I'm having an emphasis on uh, learning helps a lot Uh, and it gives you a better mindset and a clear view of uh,
0: what's next in my case so Mm -hmm. so did you always know that you wanted to you know Eventually, co-founded a startup. And when you were at your PhD program, like, was entrepreneurship your main goal?
1: Well, I mean, I I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. Uh, my uncles, my dad. I, growing up, I saw my dad like building multiple businesses, and even like, oh, really? failing in some of them. And and uh, at high school, I would actually. Uh, spend a lot of time in one of like my dad that construction business and like he had these like hardware stores on the side as well and uh, I would spend a lot of time with that so uh, I I I I see you know in order to take your impact like to be able to like affect things um, I think it's very important to you know uh, be able to go out there and do it uh, and and I've always had the, you know, uh, natural pull. Right.
0: So, like have that exposure early. I'm sure kind of yeah. sets that mindset really early on, which helps too. Yeah. Right. Um, so I can't let you leave this podcast without asking this question. To my fellow MBAs, are you guys hiring currently at clarity? Uh, yes, we are hiring. Uh,
1: uh you can go to our, uh, webpage, page com to see all the positions and, uh, please reach out to me if you're interested in uh, any of them and it will be great to uh, talk to candidates from Colombia.
0: That would be awesome. Well, thank you so much, for Hussain. Really appreciate having you on. Thank you very much for having me.